I'm right pissed off. I'm right pissed off to start the the year. New new podcast of the decade for everyone. Why you're why why are you all pissed off? What's happened? What has provoked your rage, Jim? Oh, I'll tell you what, my rage has been provoked like a bear with a length of board. Oh. Just a bit of plywood, just just hitting the bear with it. Bear wouldn't be happy with that. I mean, I wouldn't hit I wouldn't hit a bear with a piece of plywood. No. I don't think the bear would like it. It seems like a bad idea. Yeah, I was ejected from the club, never allowed back in. Oh no! What, who hit you with the with the piece of, of plyboard? Subversive joke. <laughs> uh, I'm in a, I'm in one of my moods today. Why are you in a mood? Right, I'm in one of my stupid moods, but also it is a stupid that is tinged. Stupid is is one of my better moods that I I get in, <laughs> but it is tinged today with the mood of bad. Because of what happened on New Year's Day. What happened on New Year's Day, Jim? I tell you what, I treated myself to a video game for the morning, right? I'm yeah, like, yeah. Because I mean, I'm one of those weird people that sees no logical significance in the passing of the days. The 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 yeah. human invented milestones. It nothing has changed since last week when it was 2019. But nope, still a burning hellscape. Yeah. Yeah, we're still, you know, building up to the great cosmic cook-off. So we've still got that on the schedule. Don't worry. That's fine. But I also have a weird sentimentality about it anyway, while recognising it's silly. So I'm like, what What will be the first game of the decade? Which I literally won't <laughs> remember this time next year, let alone at the end of this decade. I think I think next month you probably won't remember. Oh, yeah. I'll be, I'll be surprised <laughs> if I remember it tomorrow. I don't remember anything anymore. Um, probably for the best. But anyway, I chose The Binding of Isaac. That, that, that seems like a good choice. Yeah. I don't think it was the best. Like, Rebirth was the best game of the decade. But it may have ended up cumulatively my most played. Hmm. Because I tend to go... I, I dip in and out of it. But when I go, I go hard. Like, I do it for quite yeah. a while. Um, just over and over. Um, I've, I've been having amazing runs with it as well. Um, hmm. And lo losing them. I don't know what's up. Lately, I, I don't know if I'm just distracted or what. But, like, getting to the level of getting guppy and somehow finding a way to lose. Like, it shouldn't <laughs> be possible, but I found it. This run I'm about to talk about is no exception because it started off blindingly and then fucked up through my own ineptitude, which I think is a symbol for this entire year and decade for me. I reckon I'm going to get given a lot of lucky breaks and fuck it up. Um, because I used this first run of Isaac as a sort of um, tea leaf reading, and it had to be because the planets are aligned. First game of 2020, right? First run yeah. of that game of 2020. What is the first <laughs> item I pick up in the treasure room? 2020. I mean, that, that feels like... Fate. A sign. Right? Yeah, it's Destiny's call yeah. reaching out to you. It's saying pay very close attention to what is about to happen in this game yeah. because it's going to reflect your entire coming year. Exactly. The, the 2020 is a sign that you should take this very literally. This will be your literal year. Oh, yeah. Um, so anyway, I got all the best power-ups. Not only did I get 2020, soon after I got the bookworm thing, which stacks with the double shot, so it gets even more. Mm. Um, I forget all the items I had. I've got a screenshot that has all the items, and I took a couple videos because I might piece it together just to show my Isaac-based predictions of the, the year and how it's going to crash and burn despite a lot of chances <laughs> to get out of it. Um... But anyway, what pisses me off is I I, me I immediately took to Twitter with it because of course I did, video of it and whatnot, and no one thought it was ama as amazing as I did. Why why isn't it one of them ones that get to like you know forty seven thousand retweets and everyone's like whoa it's the new year forever and I'm like that was that was impeccable first first game of the year first run of that game. First item in that game, 20 fucking 20. I mean, sometimes people people just don't recognise genius in its time. I think they're deliberately slighting you. 
I think they recognize your brilliance and they're saying, you know what, I can't allow myself to acknowledge this because it will only grow his power. Oh, I I think it's the opposite. I think this is like, it's going to be 150 years from now when someone will like, some historian will dig up that and go, oh, that was a piece of of, of early 2020s art um, right here. I mean, that's what I tell myself about all my work is that one day I will be the Leonardo da Vinci of YouTube <laughs> videos. Um, uh, people will be painting on your on fancy ceilings. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, e, cut his ear off. I might do that towards the end when I don't need it so much. Um, just to, just in the hopes it'll be a self-fulfilling prophecy and people will say, you know what? He was a lot like Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah. Wait until you've gone deaf already and the ear is functionally exactly. useless. And then just big the story up. But yeah, you got to build the myth. Don't need either of these suckers. All right. <laughs> Both of them off. Double the da Vinci. It's the old da Vinci double down. Everyone knows, everyone's tried that trick once they've reached, like, 75. You think those were real on Christopher Lee? Oh, no, Play-Doh. Everyone knows it. Anyway, I know neither of you were as impressed with it as I am because neither of you whooped and hollered and cheered and applauded. I mean... I know you're impressed, possibly even a little turned on by me, but you're, his, not, in, his... you're not that amazed. Here's the thing. I I think why you didn't get a response out of me is I geared myself up for the opposite. Is the way you described your anger, I was picturing like, okay, first run of Binding of Isaac of 2020, you die in the literal very first room. Like, I, I was gearing myself up for, oh no, this is a portent of doom. And then when it was positive, I was like, oh, okay, I'm really just happy that it wasn't the worst. No, 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 don't get it twisted. It's not positive. It's it's merely pointing to our, our, our inevitable doom. Like, it, it's bleak. It's taunting us. It's saying, hey, it's all here for you. But guess what? You're going to fuck it up. <laughs> And I think it all, it started to turn when I had just this amazing fire rate and everything. And don't get me wrong, it was powerful when I picked it up because it was one of the later ones, but it was one of the laser technology ones. Mm. Um, and that's when it all went wrong. So technology, uh, uh-huh. you know, Black Mirror in it. It's all, it's all, it's all got a bit Black Mirror. Um, you think it's going to save you, but in the end, yeah, it's just going to, it's just going to cause your downfall. But to, um, to help you out in future, Laura, whenever I'm really pissed off about something, and, and Conrad's known me a lot longer, so he could probably pick this up, but one of the first rules about me is if I'm pissed off and you're not sure why, I am blaming other people for not recognising something that I've done as really good. People people are not thanking God for what you did. Yeah. I'm all I'm never pissed off because of my own failings. I keep I keep those to myself and internalize them and keep them bottled up where they're safe. I mean, you you, you say this out loud now and I'm like, yeah, that is that is very obvious. Right? I don't know why. I don't know why yeah. I assumed something bad had happened and that that you'd done something wrong and were then going to tell people about it. Yeah. I'm generally <laughs> always annoyed at Johnny fucking public. I mean, Johnny fucking public doesn't fucking know shit. Johnny fucking public ain't done fucking nothing for me. Yeah. It, jo- Johnny fucking public clearly knows nothing. If we live in a world where certain people who have said the N word on live stream still get to have bigger careers than the three of us, Johnny fucking public don't know what they're doing. Well, I mean, I think there are a lot of other perfectly valid reasons for why we don't have the careers that they do, but it's tragic. No, 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 no it's. Johnny Public doesn't know what they're on about. That's that's the whole reason. No, I, well, I mean, I do agree with that that sentiment. It's largely <laughs> true. I think they don't even know what they want half the time, which is the really frustrating bit for me, is that they're yeah. so insistent that they get the thing that they want, and you think about it a little bit, and it's like, wow, that no, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Are you sure you really want that? Like, do you want that movie yeah. to end that way? Do you want the Abrams cut? If you if you don't want a movie to end that way, right? All you have to do now is wait like a week, and they'll have <laughs> a recut out. In fact, that's what the next Jimquisition's about. I wrote it today. We're recording on Tuesday. We normally record on Wednesday. Everything's being done early because I've got trips and stuff. But um, yeah, because they've done that with cats, and it it's not as dramatic as I thought it was. It works. The system works because the moment they said they were recutting it. 
I immediately wanted to watch this film I didn't have much interest in to see what it was like before. It's just a few effects and things and a bit of timing cuts. So I don't have to panic, but... It, it's stuff like you don't see Judy Dench's wedding ring anymore. Yeah, like weird shit. Yeah, I, I watched that Cats film uh, in... I, I'm just going to be honest. I watched that Cats film in, I think, the only way that it was designed to be watched, which is a low-quality cam rip that every 30 seconds had an advert for a gambling site. Very big words scroll across the screen. Oh, I'd love that if that was in the film. I mean, I feel like that kind of cursed viewing is the yeah. only way to watch that. <laughs> Something really fucked up about it. Um, is it as confusing and horny as the review say? Those are the only two words I've seen associated with it. Oh, oh, Brilliant. 100%. 100%. And, and obviously I then went and paid for a ticket and saw it in the cinema, of course, of course, of course. Um, I, I would I, pay. I, I'm someone who has paid to see the musical of Cats before. Um, yeah. Much like the the stage musical, the film is ninety minutes more longer on the stage version of horny cats going. Here's my name. Here's my one defining characteristic. We're gonna sing about that for about four minutes. Okay, who gets to die and go to cat heaven? Nice. And every cat wants to fuck every other cat. And also, the size of the cats <laughs> changes every two minutes. Brilliant. Uh, at, at one point, they're walking on like a a train rail. And they can't be more than the size of mice, based on their their approximate size to train rails. Yeah. But at other times, they're like the size of a human walking around London. I don't understand what's... That'd be fine, though, because if this film is as horny as they say, this is catering to a lot of different tastes and kinks. Because you can get, like, giantess horniness out of that, because a lot of people like that, the idea of, like, yeah. a, a lady being a big giant. And that naturally lends itself to Vor. There are very few films where I can tell you absolutely every single plot point in probably 20 seconds. Yeah. Um, a cat gets thrown out by some humans onto the streets. She meets a bunch of other cats. There's one cat who has some cockroach and mouse friends and is fat. There is a James Corden cat who is fat and quite posh, there is Idris Elba cat. He is a villain and he magics people away to a barge because he... I want to see Idris Elba as a, as a big, sleek, sexy cat. Idris Elba is the weirdest one because all the others at least have somewhat cat-like-ish bodies. Idris Elba is just naked, hairy Idris Elba with no dick. Brilliant. Like, he is the most uncannily human. <laughs> the source material is not... Good. No. I watched Cats once. I didn't go see it in the theatre. Are you kidding? I was fucking poor. We had no money. If we were lucky, we'd go to the Orchard Theatre in Dartford and watch a pantomime. And if we were really lucky, Nasty Nick off EastEnders would be the bad guy. But <laughs> I watched it on TV once. They did a like a TV, yeah. like a filmed version of... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like in the 90s, I think. Around yeah, like 94 it was in a, or something. Yeah, it was like a studio thing. Um, I didn't understand what I was seeing even then. There's nothing to, there's well, no, nothing there's to no, understand. There's no plot to it's just cats, that, really. There's not, there's not meant to be a plot. No. They've tried to add one here and it doesn't make sense. It's the most accurate title for a for any production I've ever seen is Cats. Can, can, I, can I tell you my favourite thing about this fucking film? Oh, please. Um, the end of the film is no joke four minutes of Judy Dench monologuing direct to camera, like locking eyes with the camera. Oh, good. Uh, waffle, waffling absolute nonsense about now you understand what it means to be a jellical cat. <laughs> no, we don't. You didn't fucking tell us what a jellical cat is. Yeah, I've never known. I always thought that was a subspecies of cat, for real. I, I don't know. No, jellical is actually a word. It's like an old English word, or, or but it is there. It actually has a definition. I heard this okay. on some mm. other podcast recently because every fucking pop culture podcast on earth has to be talking about this goddamn movie. I I, I know uh, that thing you're saying. Apparently, that is like a, a backronym. People in the years since have gone. Oh, I th we think it was meant to be a combination of these two old English words. No, it's no. fucking nothing. Go figure. Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote some goddamn guff. That is inexplicably popular. And you know what's really going to frustrate me about this? <laughs> wow. What's really going to drive me nuts is this is going to become a midnight movie thing. This is going to be one of those cult things that everyone's <laughs> like, in, over the course of the next 10 years, is going to develop this ridiculous following, just like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Also, not a great musical. 
No, but like, you haven't heard my justification for why you should see it, and it's for one fucking line Judy Dench delivers. Real serious so in that yeah, monologue. So yeah, she does at the that end. big monologue, she, four minutes. She, t- she turns to you, halfway through this four minute monologue, she yeah. goes, Now you know that cats are not dogs. <laughs> and she just says it straight faced and just pauses for like <laughs> good five seconds, like it's supposed to be something poignant and meaningful. Now that you know that cats are not dogs, apparently. This sounds like City of Angels, which I've also not watched, where I've I've heard the plot, right? Yeah. But I already know the punchline. And I don't want to see the film almost because in my head it's so much funnier. City of Angels sounds like a comedy to me with a, with a dark punchline. And this sounds... Conrad, you know I'm living near you soon. Yes. I'm... We're going to watch Cats together. <laughs> we're going to watch Cats together, and then we're going to do a podcast about it. I, I, if, you, if you do a podcast about it, let me come along, because yeah. I was my group's resident person who... I was having to explain to a bunch of my friends who I was drinking with what the fuck was happening, because they were like, I, I don't understand. I'm like, I, I can tell you what, what's happening. It's not going to clear it up for you. I can tell you right now, this is the only context under which I'm willing to subject myself to cats. Well, there we are. Brilliant. <laughs> as soon as it's out digitally, I might go see it in the cinema yeah. beforehand. Because um, I've got no problem paying to see terrible films. Here's, here's the thing. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I am. If I had people to go with, I would consider going under the influence oh, of some things. That's and true. just letting Letting it... Do what it will. It, yeah, whether I'm with friends or not, I'm always under the influence of things. So I could go to Cats and have a very fun time. Um, although right now, like my my back is still a piece of shit. It's it's in it's getting into the ass now. It's a different place than last time. It's getting right up deep in the ass in the meat of it. Um, but anyway, uh, here are movies I've paid to see at the movie theatre. Right? Don't worry, we'll get to telling you in a minute whether whether Cats was great or perfect. <laughs> But era movies I've paid to see at the movie theatre, right? At the Kino. Uh, Suicide Squad. Oh, I paid to see I paid that to in see the cinema. That Silent Hill Revelations 3D. I tell you what, though. You see Malcolm McDowell's nipple through that mesh tank top so big <laughs> if you go see that in the theatre. I love Silent Hill Revelations 3D. I think it's an amazing comic romp. I laughed my head off the whole way through. Um, I have also paid to see the Chernobyl Diaries. What? Well, um, worst episode of Goosebumps ever is the Chernobyl Diaries. Oh it's like a found footage oh thing, God. and the oh. ending—it's like a really tepid, boring found footage film. Then at the end, the way it is done, where she just gets carried off on a trolley by some things, it's like it's shot and feels like the twist ending in a in an episode of Are You Alone in the Dark or Goosebumps. Oh. That one I didn't like spending money on. I, I can tell you the worst movie I ever paid money to see in the cinema. Mm. I was 16 and I paid to see Epic Movie, oh. if you remember that particular Yikes. film. Oh, no. Yeah. I saw that in a theatre. Well, that blows me out the water. <laughs> that, that's it. The worst movies I've paid to see in a theatre... Uh, the Crow City of Angels, which I actually don't think is that bad. I think it got a bad rap at the time, although everything in that... Okay, it gets points for realism, because everything in that movie is, like, misted over with the color of urine, and if you've ever uh, been to L.A., there you go. Um, just quickly to intersect, have you seen Crow 3, Wicked Prayer? Uh, uh, Wicked Prayer with Eddie Furlong? Ooh. Why, yes. Oh, and, and, and David <laughs> Boreanaz. Yes, indeed, I have seen. David Boreanaz showing us how evil he is by offering devil's food cake to eat. Uh, <laughs> I love David Boreanaz. I love him. He should change his name to Matt Borealis, but aside from that, he's, he's a fine, a fine enough actor. I did pay money to see the M. Night Shyamalan Last Airbender movie. Yikes. Yeah, that wasn't good. Justin wants me to watch that. I paid money to see Memoirs of an Invisible Man starring Chevy Chase. I thought that was going to go in the geisha direction, but instead you've zagged over to to that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've also paid money to see Ace Ventura When Nature Calls. Oh. Oh. And, and I, this hurts. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. I did that more than once. See, I was young enough that that was not my money. (laughs) I went twice. Uh, I was high. I'm I'm ashamed (laughs) to admit this. 
I was high. I was not in my right mind. I had a girlfriend, and, and a, we were with a couple friends, and we had nothing to do. And it was a midnight showing. Uh, it was opening night of Star Wars, Phantom Menace. I can tell you the worst film I ever paid money to rent. And that was Freddy Got Fingered. Ooh. I tried watching that once. Ooh. It's, it is the, the epitome of lol so random early 2000s mm-hmm. humour. It's Tom But, Green. like, the problem is, is that... Nearly two decades later, I can't get certain bits of it out of my head. Yeah. Like, it's catchy, and I hate that it's catchy. I remember what he did with the deer. I remember that. Oh. I remember the bit where he's got the, the keyboard and some sausages, sausages. hung from the yes, ceiling. That's he's the doing one his, that Daddy, I would you like of. some sausages? Oh. And the backwards man. And I don't like that I can... <laughs> that I remember I've those things. I've been wanting to rewatch it and try and examine it through the lens of, you know, someone gave Tom Green money. And what did they expect? Like, I yeah, want to I, I wanna watch it through. The way I rewatched yesterday, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Like, today, mm. it looks, like, obviously fake, but it is still a brilliant rewatch because you can just take in the fact that they made these giant sets and these giant insects yeah. and, you know, big floorboards for them to walk on. And I'm like, yeah, it all looks fake, but that is still amazing to watch, especially because you would never get a film like that now. I mean, just look at Ant-Man. Also, the adult cast is so good in that. Like, the kids are good too, don't get me wrong, but the adult cast, Rick Moranis is fucking fantastic, and I really, I mean, I'll watch anything Matt Frewer's in, so. Yeah, I mean, it's a great done. cast, yeah. Um, I, I, I never watched Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, but from what I've seen of it, it's exactly what I'm talking about, because it's just, like, blue screen stuff. Yeah, um, which is what it was back in them days. Your fancy greens can fuck off, um, and it's just that wasn't the charm of Honey I Shrunk the Kids. It was the the practical mm. effects um, that I I appreciated even more yesterday than when I first saw the film as a kid. Um, yeah. yeah, here are things I've seen at the movie theater that some of our younger listeners might not even believe. I saw Home Alone at the movie theater. Can you imagine? I saw that, that? as well. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people, even to me, it's surreal I did it because it still feels like a movie that's always been there. Like, it's just always existed. Um, But yeah, I saw that one. The Mask, Jurassic Park. I saw The Mask and Jurassic Park in theater, Uh, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't particularly impressed by Jurassic Park at the time, actually. I'd read the book and that kind of colored it for me. I think a lot of it still holds up even these days. It's really an impressive movie looking back on it. And, And the... That computer animation that they did, it it fits in so well. They did such an exceptional job. It looks better than some more contemporary CGI because they didn't go overboard with it. And well, it's used sparingly and with you know to accent. It's not the full focus. It's like motion controls in a video game. There's a reference for you gamers. Um, you know, it can if it informs solid design all around it and isn't supposed to be the central thing. It's, it's there as an enhancer. It should be used as an enhancer, not as the crutch. Um, and some of the, like, you watch Attack of the Clones now, and Jesus Christ. Natalie Portman's talking to cartoon characters. It is basically Roger Rabbit. Um, Never Ending Story 2, by the way. I saw that at the movie theatre for my birthday. I did not know there was a second one. There's a third one. <gasps> I've seen them all. The third one, I think, has Born to be Wild in it. Never Ending Story 2, the only thing I remember about it was there was a a bird man trying to make, I think it was Sebastian, use up all his wishes or something. And he was getting him to use up all his wishes by climbing up somewhere very high. And I think making him wish for every thing that was helping him climb. That's all I remember. I should rewatch it. I should rewatch the first one. The first one's still good. Solid film, I imagine. Yeah, still hits me. I watched it a few years ago and it's just potent. So this is the moment in the show where, (laughs) so that we don't get shouted at, it is 25 minutes in. Do we want to talk about a video game yes, this week? Yes, we should probably do that. <laughs> in our defense, in our defense, right, I laughed at the Jar Jar Binks scene with the droids and he was stumbling <laughs> around with them when I was a kid. I was a lot stupid about then. A lot of the things I found funny were not, all right? But I am not allowed to criticize comedy these days too much. <laughs> I can do it a bit, but not too much. Jim, Yeah. Jim. I've, I've got a video game that I think we need right. to talk about. I just want to say, in our defence, I started this by talking about The Binding of Isaac. Please continue. Uh, y- you know what Comrade played what this week? Play? Fucking hell. 
He played that Disco Elysium, oh. which gives us an excuse to talk about Disco Elysium again Jesus after Christ. Comrade's done it. Jesus Comrade, Christ. do you want to talk about Com- Do you want to talk about Disco Elysium? Oh yes, yes. Oh. Jim, the cheeky boy, uh, sent me a copy of Disco Elysium. Uh, I figured you needed to play it. It is. I mean, for okay. It's demoralizing. Yeah. That's what it is. The game is fucking demoralizing. And I'm not talking about in terms of its content or its narrative, except that I am, because what's demoralizing about it is that it is so well written that I know that I will never, Mm. ever, Mm. in a million years, conceive (laughs) and construct something so exceptionally built. That's how I feel all the time. Well, like, you see now that you've played it, like... I do I do not understand how someone conceptualized all of the many flags and triggers that have to be in place to make this narrative work where not only is it this well written but there are so many spe- highly specific context sensitive bits of conversation and yes. dialogue that only happen depending on a very obscure set of routes that you might have taken to get to somewhere for like oh uh, did you lick up that wine before or after having this person in your team? Yes. Or did you, did you have this conver- uh, did you have this conversation about obsession with containers before going and finding this container? Like yeah. it's I don't know how they put that game together, but it's a masterpiece. String and duct tape. That's how they did it, and it's amazing. <laughs> but, but no, I, like I'll you mentioned the container thing. I've been the way I've been playing this uh, after mm. a misguided first attempt to take it seriously. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, That was wrong of me. It was totally wrong. Uh, And so from the outset, now my characterization is I don't care about anything except getting more alcohol. And so everything else that I've been doing is as a means to acquire more alcohol. And as a result of this strategy, I've been playing it on my stream on Twitch. Mm. And... People in the, you know, people who are watching are saying that I'm doing things that they did not manage to accomplish until four days into the narrative, and I'm only in my first day. But I've been yep. making no effort to actually solve the case. But that's the thing, is it It just doesn't ever press you to go and do the case. It's just, no. no, just go do whatever the fuck you find interesting. I've been playing that game the way I play my life in that I work out, like, okay, I've got to do these two things tomorrow, then these two things the day after. Like, I'm planning it out, like, getting little day plans, like I do with the two or three things I do with my life a day. (laughs) Oh, I... The more I think about that game, and the more I, like, play it myself, but also, like, watch other people play it, because I've been watching some of your streams, Comrade, and, like, the more... The more of that game I take in, the more ridiculous its scope becomes to me. Right, the vastness and density of it mm-hmm. uh, is, 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 it's literally unlike anything I've played. It, it's the thing that I've always said about narrative in video games and trying to replicate the tabletop experience. I didn't think it was possible. I'm still not convinced it's possible, but this has gone a long way to changing my mind. Like the and 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 this wasn't even done with the help of artificial intelligence to execute it. This was just people being clever enough to see enough angles to give that illusion effectively. It, it it you can really tell the fact that this game initially its world and its overarching plot stuff was designed as a tabletop RPG before it was made into a game. Like, so much of that can be felt in the way it was put together. I also really appreciate, because I... I like... I have liked RPGs. (laughs) I guess is the way that... And a lot of it is that, like, the time investment for the payoff for me is often just... It's not a good value proposition, and that's fine. Um, But one of the problems I often have with RPGs, and this is something that happens to action RPGs and non-action RPGs a lot of the time, but more so in the action RPGs, because those are the ones I tend to play these days, is that there's a lot of deep lore and I'm never going to be exposed to it because it's going to require me to open up something and read about it, and I'm there to play the game and not read. If I wanted to read your lore, I'd have bought your book. And this does not take that approach. This very 
casually introduces an intriguing amount of lore and information, but it does it so organically. It does it primarily mm. through dialogue. Uh, I don't need to read paragraphs. I mean, I am reading paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs of things, but I'm not being swept away from what I'm doing. It's part of yeah. the process, and that's greatly enjoyable. The, the way they seem to put it together is largely, what kind of thing are you interested in? The... NPCs who are to do with that thing will basically give you every bit of information that would have been a text log. You don't, you never find information away from the people it would make sense to give it to you, mm -hmm. which is really nice. Um, but like, so much of this game per playthrough just must go completely unseen. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. And, con and considering this is this studio's first game, this is the kind of thing where like. If if this studio had just been starting out and gone, oh, this is our first game, this is what we're going to try and achieve, I'd have probably listened to their pitch and gone, don't. That's way too overambitious, don't do it, you will never succeed. I've because... had that conversation yeah. with developers before. It's, it's, it's the impossible thing that you're not supposed to try doing because it will never work, but they somehow did it. <laughs> and now I feel like an asshole. I mean... Because <laughs> I wonder who, who I might have, like maybe nudged in a wrong direction at some point. But here's, here's the thing. You probably have to... I was probably right. I, like, I was There's, probably right. Yeah. Like, for, for every one person that can make Disco Elysium, there's several thousand that would have crashed and burned. Oh, that, that fucking game. So anyway, yeah. Great, great, great game. Cannot recommend it enough. Really stunned. Going to keep playing more. I've... I'm not sure I've heard a bad word said against it by anyone who's played it. There's probably some out there, but certainly among anyone I know who's played it and any critique I've seen of it, I've not heard a bad word. Yeah. And I don't often see that. Like by now, we'd be having a backlash to the fan response. Yeah, sure. Th that's how these things go, but I've not even seen that. The, the most I've seen is a few people who've gone... Look, this deals with a lot of very difficult themes that I personally wasn't prepared for and had to put yeah. the game down from. And that's that's more people having knowing that the game isn't for them rather than being quality judgments of the game. I've seen very little in the way of this game was bad because. Yeah. I've been trying to catch Conrad's streams of it because I told him this the other day, um, when we were getting ready to record something else. But I had difficulty live streaming it. And I think one of the main differences is I was playing a very personal playthrough mm. rather than like for the stream yeah. having a role to play. So I was very self-conscious about decisions I was making and what it might say. Um, because it does, it can be something you get very personally involved with. Or it can be something you just play for a laugh to, right. you know, deliberately play a fuck up. Although even then, the serious moments will still probably, like, gut punch you. Oh, yeah. I mean, my, my first conversations with um, uh, Measurehead. Mm. <laughs> you know. Oh, uh, he has some political beliefs, huh? He does have some viewpoints. Uh, the, <laughs> the frequent use of the word haplogroup just, yeah. Uh, those, those sure are some interesting uh, measurement tattoos on your head, sir. Yeah. Uh, so um, <laughs> his Twitter profile says things like, I'm unfiltered. I, <laughs> I say what I want and I'm not afraid to call you out on your leftist bullshit. Uh, proud Christian father of three. <laughs> Location, <laughs> Bellhaven, Mississippi. Actually, it wouldn't uh, be in Bellhaven. Be, uh... No, it would be in Bellhaven and everywhere else. Sorry, carry just, on. Just Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I found it very... I got very personally um, into it, so it was difficult to stream. It was a, felt a little like divulging. And I did not internalize communism, so there you go. There you go. If you want to know how far from it I'm playing. It's a very good game, though. It's yeah. A very good it's a very game. good game. So much of it is literally wasted on everyone who plays it as a matter of practicality because you'll, you'll keep missing stuff. That's true of almost every game. True, but, I mean, of the scale to which it is on yeah. Disco Elysium is... It, the, the kind of... The, the kind of things you're not seeing that feel like they're highly tailored things that someone thought... 
well, if someone's in this highly specific situation, we want them to feel like, yeah, no, we we got you. We knew yeah. that that was a possibility. Like, so many of these, like, a fraction of people are ever going to see any of these things. We're still going to put it there because it's going to make someone playing feel cool. There's a fantastic section of self-insert, or what I'm assuming mm. is self-insert. Um, when you're exploring an, a, a room that has, was it was a game development studio. Mm. And you can read the notes on the scope and you could see the scope growing <laughs> and you could see the but the money going away and you're like yeah i could this is this is a real fear yeah. this is this uh, is coming from the heart what one of my favorite things watching you stream it the other day was that you never went and looked in the mirror and i love i, I keep thinking about this as a, a thing you can go through that whole game and never have a character portrait in the bottom corner you never saw yourself because you just don't look at the mirror yeah right yeah brilliant yeah. You, you can occasionally get bits of things start to appear if people describe you certain ways, but you can just have that weird blurry mass of a, no, I don't fucking know what I look like. What do I do? Look in a mirror? You said you said earlier, Conrad, you brought up AI, right? Mm -hmm. That's how AI would have to work, would be like, it's just a program that anticipates literally every yes. angle and has a yes. response. So we just need like a thousand more Disco Elysiums made. And we've got it in the back. Skynet's ours for the taking. So get to work. Get cracking. Stop shouting out marks at Game Awards and get to work on, on another one. Was it 999 left to go? Man, they, they did catch some heat for that, but I, fucking brilliant. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. That was a bold move. Really uh, mad respect for that. Yep. It oh. was easier than every Golden Globes thing Ricky Gervais has ever said. It was harder than all of that together. Oh. Who else has been playing things this week? Well, I play Burning of Isaac, as I said. I get really into it um, for brief periods. Um, but I've not been into them long enough lately to really see everything that um what was it afterbirth plus had to offer mm, and like yeah. all these other different editions so for the first time i met um was it delirium i think it's called um the big white ghosty face boss that uh transforms into other ones and then towards the end has a sort of like t1000 routine um that was fun so, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. I wanted to see this Void stuff because that was all new. Um, that was interesting. I think it's just too much for me now. Like, there's just too much in Isaac. I can't yeah. track it. Uh, I'm at a point, you know, with my skill level that I've, I have I think I've reached as far as I'm going to go. And it just feels random now whether or not I'm going to have the, you know, tools the to run. complete the run. Yeah. And mm. so it feels so much more luck based than skill based that i get frustrated i think that's i think that's what i like i think that's partly what helped me with my addictive personality resist loot boxes because if i need a gambling fix i can just play isaac for for, for free now well that is true well this well this 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 is me in pokemon it's having that like something that scratches that randomized itch without you know taking my money away <laughs> yeah. so you got to find your you got to find your outlets where you can. Yeah. Find them and enjoy them, because one day you will lose a shoe and be really upset about it. And that day's coming. That day's coming soon. It's it's coming. 2020, uh, happy new year. You're going to lose your shoe. Yep. Uh, Conrad, I started playing that Texasist. Yeah, what do you think? That that game is super cool. I am terrible at it. Right, yeah. That's a good name. Yeah, yes. It's a great name, great game. My brain is not built to type and aim and move and bullet hell dodge at the same time. Oh, that's a lot. I can't multitask at all. I could do typing of the dead, but that's just typing. Well, that's it. Typing of the dead is I can have both my hands in the positions that I normally have them on the keyboard. And, you know, I just have to type and that's it. Um, I love the challenge, but I totally understand what you were saying last week, Conrad, about... Wanting one extra person to just have an extra hand on the keyboard. Just yeah. let just let one of the tasks be someone else's problem. Exactly. I mean, and I will say there are very few games. I mean, it's the only game I can think of that I played last year where I actually, like, I could feel my heart racing while I was playing it. It got oh, my blood yeah. pressure up. It, it, it got me... <sighs> I'm, I'm getting far enough into it 
and it's becoming enough of a challenge now that it's hitting a very similar bit of my brain as some of the difficult genocide route fights in Undertale did. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I know I can do this, I know I can do this, I just have to not fuck up anything. I know I could do this, it's just I need to study Latin for a few years first so I recognize <laughs> these words. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I need I need some of these things to become muscle memory rather than conscious choices and like things that if I can shave that little bit of thinking time out of my brain, I can do this. Right. I'd love to see that played on awesome games done quick. Oh my goodness, that would be something. Oh, that's going on right now, isn't it? It's going on right now, yeah. I always forget when it's on. I want to watch. I missed. Uh, I missed a Binding of Isaac speedrun that I wanted to watch. That would have been fun. Yeah. They did a San Andreas stream that wrapped up this morning that I had wanted to see. Um, but Ooh. yeah, yeah, that's going on right now, and looks like it's going well. Um, I I need to go and check some of that out. Yep. Yeah. I tend to always miss it and then just watch some like watch the highlights of like the inevitable Bloodborne run or something. But yeah. I want to try and catch some. The other thing I've been doing this week is. I want to do that. I, I'm doing that thing that I do every January where I basically try and find out what indie games are coming out in the coming year because there are so many small games that we just don't, you know, they fly under the radar. So I've spent today just playing a bunch of games and, you know, some of them I'm going to I'm gonna cover in a big feature in a bit more depth probably like start of next week. But there's a couple of them that I, I got to play demos of and they were looking really promising that I just want to give like little shouts out here and there to because they're looking really worth following. So there's one that's like looking like very complete already to the point that like you can get a really good feel for if it's going to be for you. It's called uh, Weird and Unfortunate Things Are Happening. Uh, it is set in a town that has just vanished off the map and you mm-hmm. play as... Basically, a psychic lesbian aunt who is like, look, my, the town my niece lives in is gone. Where the fuck is it gone? And everyone's like, we, we don't know what this fucking town is. We've never heard of it. And she ends up having to basically go and... It's very sort of like earthbound, maybe a little bit Undertale-ish, uh, top-down RPG that has a really interesting sense of humour to it and some really great visual design. Really well written. The uh, the character art portraits are really gorgeous. Um, the game's coming out this year, but it's got a t- an eight-hour demo already up online. Eight-hour demo. Wow. It's, it's an eight-hour free demo that is the first eight hours of the game. Ooh. And the quality level of this 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 demo is really high. This isn't just... Like, this feels like a finished product already that there yeah. is eight hours of you can go and just try for free now. Progress carry over, will it? Uh, I do not know. I, know I, okay. I need to find out whether progress carries over. I would hope, because if I'm putting eight hours in... Yeah, it. it I played probably the first 45 minutes today, and I was like, huh, this is real... Like, this is... It, it's clearly made in something like RPG Maker, but it's one of those RPG Maker games that has clearly gone that step above... To, to to sort of get past the the feel of oh get past the stock feel of it yeah to get past that stock feel um it it seems the writing and the characterization seem really fun um I'm really enjoying the the start of the party of characters you've got and their weird sort of individual quirks it feels really fun and I feel like this is gonna be a game for people to keep an eye on like it seems really promising. Mm. Uh, and there's a big enough demo there that, like... Uh, what's it called again? Uh, weird and Unfortunate Things Are Happening. That's a good name. I, I'm a big uh, fan of well-named things. That's a good name as, yeah. well, as, as well as Texasist. Yeah. Um, so that is one. It's on itch.io at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it, I I believe it's uh, Unity is the name of the person on, on itch who's uploaded it. Um uh, what were the other ones that were that were seeming really interesting? Um, I used to call it Itchio. Yeah, I did the same. Yeah. And people shouted at me. Um, there was an interesting dating sim I came across, which I know is not really either of your genres, but I still found it really interesting. Um, it's called "Don't Take It Personally." I just don't like you. Good name again. These are they, they're nailing these names. Yeah, some really fucking good names out there this year. Um, so the whole deal is it's a dating sim where very deliberately 
lots of the characters just won't be into you. Um, and you won't really know that until you, you put time into them. And it's a game about, like, progressing after your sort of romance visual novel-y options. But if they're not into you, just trying to take it gracefully. And it's a really interesting little idea. Um, if you fail, do you end up on, like, on Reddit typing very angry posts? <laughs> uh, that's for you to decide. Um, okay. But... Uh, again, this is one that it's coming out later this year. It's got an hour, maybe an hour and a half-ish long, like standalone demo uh, that is like a little prequel chapter, and it did a really good job of setting the tone and the characters and the the visual. It had it. I, I've been really impressed at like some of the really chunky, high quality demos people have been putting out for like his his an hour plus of game. To give you an idea of what we're working on, um, so that that is one. Don't don't take it personally. I just don't like you. That is one that again is on is on itch. I'm I've I've definitely got my eyes on that. Um, and there's at least one more I wanted to talk about. Uh, Refactor is one that I hadn't seen anything about until now, and it's a it's a sort of Metroidvania type game about being rejected Tetris pieces. Um, so it's some factory that's making basically oh, t Tetris pieces. This has been around a while, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I only just picked up on this having a thing. It's it, the trailer looks really cool. Yeah. You, um, do you get you pick up other block shapes and they help you to yeah, solve puzzles yeah. later? That's the one. Yeah. It, yes, that's the one. So like, you, basically, your rejected pieces that weren't correct for the game uh, and get discarded, and you and a bunch of other discarded, incorrectly made Tetris pieces combine up and try to solve metroidvania style puzzle solving well and and it's like a factory setup and you're in yeah. terms of being rejected like you start in an incinerator if i'm not mistaken yes yes yeah. it, it 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 looks really interesting um i know they're starting to put uh, i believe like next week they're sending press demos out to people it that's that is one that is definitely on my radar um, yeah, it, it. I played a demo of it. I, it's probably been two or three years ago now, and uh, really liked it. Yeah, it's it's been floating around a while. Um, but yeah, there's there's a bunch of other interesting ones that I've seen, and I'm gonna do a big like uh, a big indie games I'm I'm excited for in 2020 feature next week. Um, but those were three in particular this, that that I saw today that were like. Those are really piquing my interest, and people should go look for more info on those because they're really cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyone? Anyone else played anything else this um, week? I've been playing more of The Witcher Three. I'd, I I mentioned it a few weeks back, and then I stopped playing it a while to do some other games and stuff. Um, watched The Witcher series on Netflix, which I enjoyed very much, and that got me into playing The Witcher Three again, as it seems to have done with a lot of people. Um, and what, what I find interesting now is they're referencing stuff that I'd just seen on the show that may have been in the first two games, but it's been so long since I played those. I can't remember almost anything that happens in them. Um, but mm -hmm. like there was a, a whole quest in The Witcher 3 about the, the wish that Geralt made with the djinn which is the focus of an episode of The Witcher Show. So it's been a real trip having them reference things, and it's happened a few times now, stuff that I just saw in the show that is part of the shared backstory and has been part of the, the other games, I'm sure. Um, and I'm thinking of re replaying the first Witcher game on Switch. Uh, on Switch? On stream, I mean. Um, that would be interesting. But anyway, that's been fun. Also, um, talking of stream, I've been playing Inversion a lot on live stream. Hmm. I've decided now to not do that anymore. It's not very good. That was a game from like <laughs> that was a game from like the mid to late two thousands. Uh, I reviewed it for Destructoid way back in the day. It was during a period where co op was forced into every game. Oh god, there was yeah. this real yeah that whole co op gold rush that happened. Um, and this one was one of the worst offenders in that it was also a blatant copy of Gears of War. Um, the only one oh. worse, yeah. The only one worse was Quantum Theory by uh, Tecmo. I think it may have they were may have just been called Tecmo at the time. Can't quite remember. They must have been Tecmo Koei. I don't know. But anyway, Quantum Theory was the we absolute know who you worst. Mean. Yeah, can't find a, I, that copy. 
Uh, that game was never on Steam, otherwise I was going to play it to remind myself how bad it was. Inversion, I thought, was okay back in the day. I don't know if time's moved on, where there's a lot of stuff now it does I wouldn't have... I had more patience for back then, because, you know, games have just gotten more convenient. But I found it unbearable. I swear I gave it like a 6 out of 10. I wish I, wish I hadn't. I don't know why. It's so bad. And it's got, like, all of the tropes from back then. Like, because there's a co-op character, there are pointless sections where you have to, like, give them a boost up to a high place. Or or open a grate, like a, a sliding door. Like shutters, shutters mm-hmm. or something. you got to lift it up. The other one goes and holds it on the other side. Um, kick in a door at the same time. Like, all the hits. Um, it looks like Gears of War. Like, if I told you this was, like, a like a, an, a Gears of War Gaiden or like a sub game or something um, or like a prequel, people could believe it. Some people watching on stream were like, I thought this was Gears. Yeah, yeah, I saw a lot of that. And the art style is shocking. And the worst part is, is it's got one good gimmick, uh, which is the gravity stuff. Um, you can, you know, make a pool of high or low gravity to, uh, you know, either... Sp- keep things held into the ground or floating in the air, which makes combat interesting, but it is a shallow gimmick. What's better are these really rare moments where you're fighting on the grounds, like in the streets of a city, and then you hit a gravity section and end up on the side of a building, and you can see enemies on the floor on the side, and it's really kind of trippy and a little etcher-like, um, and reminiscent of games that would come later, like Gravity Rush. Um, but they don't do it enough. Like, the first area is a lot of promise it's all this going from the side to buildings to the ground to back again you're just learning like gravity powers and then it hits like after that city area it's just like generic brown rocky crags like Mm. the bargain basement post just stuff that looks like a real knockoff of gears um and it's like that throughout and even worse is the boss repetition like i I've hammered on some... I hammered on Contra Roadcore for that. But this was so shameless. Like, you meet this slave driver boss. Health bar and everything. You fight him the same way. He's got a shield. Generic mooks attack. You take them out. The shield is lowered. You shoot. You fight him. Then about 20 minutes later, you fight him. About 10 minutes later, you fight him. About 20 more minutes, you fight him. And it's just the same boss. And in between him, you're fighting other bosses that you've fought before. The sheer lack of imagination is baffling even today. Um, I'll never not be shocked by bad games, you know. People are surprised when I am, because I play so many of them, and of course I've, I've given a lot of harsh criticism to games. I played all of the worst games that were on Steam for a while, so they all ended up being the same. But for some reason, I'm never not shocked mm. by a bad game. I always go in... Yeah either expecting something good or not expecting something as bad as like people are saying or something like that. I am always shocked and appalled by bad games. Why can't we just let our hope die already so that we can be, we can expect the worst. Uh, Oh, don't worry. Everything's dying soon. It's worked out great for me. (laughs) (laughs) I, I go in now with zero expectations of games. And I mean, that's the healthy thing to do. And if I have a bad time, you know, okay, I had a bad time. And and that's unfortunate. But not every game's going to be for me either. I'm, it's like I'm playing Titanfall 2 and I really like that game. I think it's really good. And I'm, I would not have played it at release. I probably wouldn't have played it in general because it isn't usually my thing. But it is so well constructed that I have to respect it. I'm in that segment now where you're, in a base and you're traveling back and forth in time and that's a fun mechanic it really uh speaks to again something i talked about before with titanfall 2 how much i respect and appreciate the level design um and that makes such that's such a great example of it because they made the level twice and it's all built around this mechanic and it's always clear what you need to do uh but you have to play with it a bit and i I'm, i'm expecting that it's gonna you know have a a, clair, a clever narrative thing where I'm going to find out who was responsible for having caused the damage to the facility, but we're not there yet. But it's good. I'm still I enjoying still it. I still need yeah. to replay that game. Maybe I'll do that on stream sometime. Yeah, that'd be a good it's one. It's a good game. I've been playing a lot uh, of Saints Row 2 on stream. 
It's still a fucking oh. dark game. Yeah. Darker than any of the others. But yeah. So anyway, that's everything I've done. Nothing new. It's going to get yeah. very busy this year, though. There's a lot. God, yeah. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to stick on for this week was just one news story that was a bit hilarious. <laughs> uh, WWE 2K20, <laughs> the game that is has the year 2000, 2020, 2020 is the year on the box, stopped working as soon as it became 2020. I love it. What I love most about that is I've covered, throughout most of 2019... I covered as many Fallout 76 fuck-ups as I could because I thought the game is such a shit show. It deserves to have everything as chronicled as much. I like how right at the beginning of this year, WWE 2K20 swept in with one thing <laughs> that was more hilarious than all of that put together. Oh. It was like... Fallout 76 needs lots of little fuck-ups. Watch how efficient this cool cat is. Stand <laughs> so, aside, lads! And then, just wow. You know what I found the, the even better than this story in and of itself? Is digging slightly under the surface. This wasn't the only piece of software to stop working in 2020. Because apparently the way that software engineers basically got around the Millennium Bug being a thing... They basically rolled the ball down down the hill twenty years. Yeah. They're like, it's fine, it's fine. We'll just we'll just kick it twenty years down the road. And some of them forgot to set there. You're now seeing the software companies that didn't remember. Oh shit! There's that thing that we have to program around for when 2020 happens. Fuck. That's funny. Well, you know, it was it was a nice round number at 2000, so you could really you know drum up a lot of terror and then 20 years down well a 20 who gives a fuck about a 20 that's not a new millennium screw it exactly 20 isn't a scary number and you know did you read anything about this prior to this incident happening no no one did because exactly it's the same exactly. goddamn problem. It was the same problem. But you didn't see everybody running out to stock up on water and canned food building bunkers we're stupid what what has happened is the millennium bug broke a wrestling game 20 years too late you know why it's better that it's the wwe one because it's yeah. called wwe 2k20 well that's it it's literally it. named after the year it wasn't working in uh, yeah. i pinned a comment that a uh, melandor zero made on the in the comments to my video on it which was 2k20 was the expiry date yeah. which i thought was very cute <laughs> i saw someone else call it wwe y2k20 which i thought was good i saw That's that coming cute. around a bit um so it lent itself well to it and of course it was just a nice cherry on top of what a an amazingly broken game uh, WWE 2K20 is, which is good because the company the game is based on is ethically, morally bankrupt, uh, corrupt to its core, uh, out of touch and also completely broken. Uh, so it got the game it deserved as far as I'm concerned. But that was a good story, laughed a lot. Mm. Oh, goodness. Did we do a show? I think we did a show. We did a show. Um... Before I get to people plugging their things, I've got one thing I'm plugging in there first, like a oh. cheeky little cork. Um, this coming Friday, January 10th, if you are in the area, come to the Rye Stronghold in Lamont Furnace, Pittsburgh area, in old Pennsylvania, right? Because I'm going to be there by hook or by fucking crook. Even if I need a crook to walk on, that's what they call their big long sticks, isn't it? Uh, shepherds, I'll have one of them. I'll be the, the little shepherd boy with a hurt bum. Um, but I'll be there to accept the role of general manager of Rise Wrestling. That's going to be my company to run benevolently and, and, and with charm, as I often do when I'm up north, where people love me. So do swing by. Sterling will be in attendance. I may need a walking stick, but I'm going to be there. I've saved up just enough medication to survive it. So I'll be there. Hell yeah, you're going to be there. Um, but yeah, that'll be that. So with that said, Laura. Me. Do tell, do tell the lovely children what you do and where they can with it. I, d I do things at Laura K Buzz on all of the platforms, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh... I did a video I'm really proud of this week that I would love if people went and saw, because there's tens of thousands of you that listen to this. 
Uh, I did a video that is called uh, Gaming Needs Some Basic Accessibility Improvements in 2020, uh, youtube.com forward slash Laura K Buzz. And it's basically just talking about some really simple basic things that are being done right now on a game by game basis that should really be being done on a system level basis when yeah. we get new consoles later this year. It's a damn good talking topic. About, yeah, uh, talking about things like uh, colour blindness modes, um, text and subtitle UI tweaking options, um, remappable controls. Mm -hmm. That's that's a big issue of mine, the text. Yeah, uh, the ability to hold down a button rather than mash it in quick time events. Um, just things that are really basic options that would really help more people to play games that are software level things that could just be done on a on a system level that we should be you know we should be pushing for um so i'd really appreciate it if people went and gave that a watch i'm really happy with how that video turned out um i think standardizing and codifying it would be good like because you see some games like outer worlds get in one moment praised for an accessibility option mm. then criticized for being kind of excluding in another way. Um, so a checklist of good things yeah. is good. M most of these most of these things are things that are getting more and more common here and there, but most games don't do all of them at once. Yeah. Um, you've got examples like Spider-Man on PS4 that, that does uh, accessibility stuff for QuickTime events. You've got, say, Fortnite, which has lots of good um, colour color blindness filter options. Uh, you've got like lots of individual games doing these things, but they're all just inherently good things to do with your game. Yeah, and they're not really all that intensive. Yeah. It's like filters and make text bigger and change the yeah. control scheme a bit. Like they're not. It's it of course takes some time and effort to do, but not mega. Yeah, yeah. These aren't things that I would want to say. You know, blanket. Hey, this is real easy. You should just do it because nothing is easy no. where this stuff yeah. is concerned however if we go in with the mindset that these are things that we should plan for and anticipate being requested by players yeah this is exactly the mindset i went into this video with is like i'm not you know obviously there is a an investment required in doing these things but also of the things we could be doing to make games reachable to more people these are probably the easiest things that would help the biggest number of people that yeah. we should probably be asking yes, for. Yes, if you are starting development on your game, watch that video. Get those things into your head and and work from that starting point that you're going to have those as features in. Eventually, we can just make that the standard. Yeah. Yeah. So go watch that video. I'm really proud of it. And then also next week, check out um, my big, big, big video feature about all the really interesting indie games I've been looking at recently that are coming out in 2020. So there's that. Um, on Pixel Squirt's video game porn review show, I am on Queer and Pleasant Strangers, where I talk about things that aren't video games. And Dice Funk, it's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast I am on with Conrad. Hey, that's right, you are. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Conrad Zimmerman. Uh, you can watch me on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash thatconradzimmerman, because Justin TV still has my real name and I can't get it back. Uh, you can buy my pins at Pinful Truth, all sorts of fun anti-establishment. I've got a new one coming soon. Very excited about that. You can buy my audiobooks at conradreads.com. And you can hear me on some other podcasts. You can hear me on the spinoff Doctors with Jim Sterling. We uh, just did our Demon Knight episode, and it's going to be coming out pretty soon. It's a bit long, so Justin's probably hating me right about now yeah I... it, it went long i think what happened was because we recorded it in two parts so i think that happened too yeah we got we got time to recover yeah so we ended up going even longer we we should never do that again <laughs> that was a that was a big horrible mistake um we uh let's see we also do a podcast with our good friend jonathan off-road rules called boston's favorite son where we try to make our good friend jonathan off-road rules famous again because he was once on road rules and now is not famous so uh it is a quote-unquote comedy podcast you can listen to that uh you can hear me on of horse a bojack horseman fan cast talking about uh bojack horseman and uh let's see here what else oh Oh, Jim, you have a Patreon, don't you? Ah! 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 You're right. Um, I almost said Caillou out loud for no reason then, but that reminds me I've got an idea involving Jonathan and Caillou, so I can't forget that. 
But I like this baton passing thing we've gotten into where Laura passes to Conrad and then Conrad passes to me. Gives it a nice flow and fluidity that I've disrupted by talking about it. <laughs> because we all want to support each other's creative works because we're a big happy family. Lift each That's other right. up. Yeah. Lift each other up. Um, I like lifting people up. Until they get more famous than me, then I get really bitter and angry at them. Uh, for no good reason. Um, but I do have a Patreon, as Conrad pointed out. Uh, it is patreon.com slash gymquisition, which is the same for my Twitch channel, uh, but with twitch.tv instead of patreon.com. Twitch.tv slash gymquisition. Might do that today if I'm cleaning up for it. Um, I try and stream... I don't stream on a schedule but I try and do it with quasi-regularity um, we have a lot of fun there you're missing all sorts of shenanigans and I think that will do um, yeah so come see me in uh, Pittsburgh if you want uh, I'll be around and uh, we'll see you next time yeah bye bye bye